Welcome to the podcast that teaches you how to transform your life and your business. Here is your host, Rick Hyland, and this is CI for Life. All right, welcome to another CI for Life podcast. It's Rick Hyland. I'm so excited today. We're going to talk about time management, procrastination, or procrastination busters. Um, and all sorts of other things around distractions. And, and to help us with that, we have Dr. Sarah Rife Hecking. Did I get it right, Sarah? You got it right. Uh, awesome. Welcome to the podcast. How are you today? I am so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a thrill. And I'm excited to hear uh, more about your ideas around the topics I just mentioned. But before we get going, give us a little bit of your background and, and how you got to this place today. Okay, so I trained way back when as a clinical psychologist, um, and um, I thought I wanted to be that person to map out the mind-body connection, right? Um, So I did actually laboratory research to figure out, like, when you start to think about stressful things, what happens to your body? Um, And so fast forward, I got my degree in clinical psychology, and I realized in that process that I wanted to work more directly with clients. So I had my dream job working at an academic medical center, doing both NIH-funded research and clinical practice in preventive and behavioral medicine. And I really, you know, I was living the life, working where I wanted to work. Somewhere along the way, I met the guy, and we got married, and we had a kid, And one day I remember leaving my clinic office late and running like a bat out of hell down to the North 40 parking lot. It's like a mile away, jumping in the car and driving like a crazy woman to go pick up my kid. (laughs) And I was late. And my daycare provider said, well, actually I said to her, you know, Marie, I know I'm late. How much do I owe you? Because she had this, you know process by which you paid a minute, you know, a dollar per minute when you were late. And she looked me in the eye and said, Sarah, it's not about the money. I need you to be here on time. And I knew, yeah, I knew in that moment I was no longer walking my talk, right? So the dream job had not led to the dream life as I had hoped. And it was really time for me to reassess. So what I did was I, I I dug deep and I started to explore what I'd love to do most and what was the whole life that I wanted to create. Um, and I always knew um, that the PhD was one step to what I wanted to be. And at some point I wanted to be a business owner. Um, and I always sort of bridged that uh, that gap between working in medicine, working in psychology and thinking outside of the box. So. This was in the early 2000s, and it's at the point where coaching was just starting to be a thing. And one of my colleagues said, Sarah, you should think about coaching because it's the stuff you really love to do. And I had no idea what coaching was. So I, being the person that I am, I went and did research. I got trained, and I realized it is the stuff I love to do. I love to help people go from good to great instead of not so good to okay, which is what most clinical practice is about. And what I realized that the things that I was doing with my clients in preventive and behavioral medicine, helping them live healthier, healthy, health, yeah, healthier and happy lives, didn't need a clinical diagnosis in order for me to be working with them. So I 
took the big leap in 2005 and I left my academic medical position and created True Focus Coaching. And along the way, I got really, really clear that what I love to do, Rick, is help time-challenged entrepreneurs and professionals get to the next level in their life and their business so that they know all of the most important things are handled during their workday and they can do the other stuff that they love to do in the evenings or outside of work. Um, So since 2005, True Focus Coaching has become um, a thriving business in which I do group training and group coaching for entrepreneurs and professionals so that they know that the most important things are handled. They can sleep at night. They can leave at the end of the day knowing that the most important stuff is done and they can really close close the door on the business and then go do the other stuff that they want to do also. Because that's why people create businesses, right? Not so that they can work 24-7. But that always, particularly at the beginning, doesn't always happen. And there's most entrepreneurs are highly, there's autonomy and there's the upside of financial security and all that. But time management, prioritization, stress management, um, sleep, man- I mean, all those are issues as you run your own business. So let's start with unpack a couple of the ideas. How about procrastination? If If there's, and it might be to start up a business, it might be it to make a big investment decision, you know, whatever, but there's tons of reasons why, but what are some of your procrastination busters? How do you help entrepreneurs get over that? Yeah. So the first thing is to notice that it's happening Mm -hmm. and notice what triggers it because procrastination is a behavioral response to an emotion, right? So what happens is something comes up and we think, oh, I'm not going to do it now. And we delay it. Now, not all delaying is procrastination. Sometimes delaying is actually your best time management uh, step, right? So there's a whole bunch of stuff I'm not doing right now because I'm talking to you. I've done that purposefully and consciously. I didn't just delay it by accident. Now, what happens with procrastination is that there are certain tasks and activities that we're capable of doing, but we don't get to, right? And sometimes it's because we're not setting ourselves up in a way that we can focus deeply on something. Right. Sometimes it's because what's happening is that we are in a behavioral loop where we know there's something that has to get done. Like I love using the example of taxes, right? Tax. Oh, okay. Right. So taxes happen every year in the United States, they are due on April 15th. Yes? Correct. We know this, right? I can guarantee you every February and March, I am talking to clients that are thinking, oh my God, taxes are due. Like it's a fresh thought, right? So with taxes, what we do is we think about them intermittently throughout the year and we think, oh yeah, we need to be doing those activities that were on top of our books that we know what our income looks like and all of those kinds of things, but we don't do it. We delay it, right? We Mm -hmm. don't do the monthly bookkeeping. We don't stay on top of that stuff. We don't do the quarterly looks. And then what happens is it's the first week in April and we think, holy crap, we got some stuff to do and people hunger down and they get busy, right? Now it's not that they don't know how to do their taxes or 
hand stuff over to their accountant or their bookkeeper. They just don't have a process by which they do it regularly. And their behavioral habit is, and it's it's a hardwired response at this point, it's ingrained, is I go into reactive panic mode on April 1st and I crank it out and I don't sleep and I toss it over the fence to somebody else and it gets done, right? Right. So when we unpack that, so why don't, I, I'm always asking people, so what is it? Why why aren't you getting started on your taxes? What is the emotion there? And usually it's because I'm too busy to be on top of the day-to-day, or I actually don't like looking at my finances. And this is a big issue for entrepreneurs. Yeah, yeah. Right? I don't want to really know what the money's like. And guess what? That is an emotional trigger. So it's really easy to say, I'm not going to do that right now. Right? It brings up feelings of failure. It brings up fear. It brings up overwhelm. And when those things come up, our brains just go like a deer caught in headlights. Yeah, that's a good right. That's when it's hard to think. It's hard to make a decision. And so instead of taking action on the taxes, you do something else. Right now, I've worked with tons of entrepreneurs, and it might not be the taxes. It might be uh, creating that inventory that you need to create, or working with your team to create the inventory that you need to create, and doing it in a way that doesn't burn you out and doesn't tire you out. Right? Instead of, oh my God, we have a big delivery. We have to work twenty four seven, get it all out, and then collapse exhausted at the end, and then do it all again right? So you want to start to think about where does procrastination happen for you? And then set up the systems and structures to make sure that you're being proactive. So let's continue. I I love what you're saying here. So notice it, try to understand your triggers for procrastination, and then build in a process. Does that mean like, okay, I put in my calendar on in, in the taxes example, March 1st, start to collect the data. March 15th, have it into the account. Mark, you know, is that what you're meaning by just building in some process so that it overcomes your procrastination? Yes. So give yourself some breadcrumbs, right? Breadcrumbs. Breadcrumbs. Give yourself some breadcrumbs and make sure that they're small bits so that they're not overwhelming. It's not like five loaves of bread and you're not really that hungry right? So it's a little easy thing that you can do that allows you to get started on it. Because a lot of procrastination happens because we're not organized enough to get started and we don't know where to start, right? So, Or as you said earlier, we're a little overwhelmed by it. (laughs) Yes, yes. And overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah, it's big in your head. And overwhelm is an emotion. So then we have to go to emotional emotional processing to manage that so that you can bring the overwhelm down, get yourself calm and focused, and then be able to do the stuff that you know you're capable of doing. So I love to talk about um, procrastination and overwhelm as though they're a big dragon, right? So that emotion is like a big dragon. And the first thing, if there's a huge dragon, like a Game of Thrones sized dragon that lived in your town, is that you would first find where the dragon lives, right? So find the beast, recognize what's overwhelming you. And then the next thing you want to do is calm that interfere discussion, right? Tame the dragon. And so that might be saying, 
noticing the negative thoughts, like, holy shit, I don't want to do my taxes. I can't like, I don't even know where to start. There's receipts floating all over the place. And I don't, I'm worried I haven't made any money. I'm worried I'm actually in more debt than I know. Right. So you want to then change that internal fear discussion to something that's positive and consistent with being productive. Right. And it might take saying it outside to somebody else outside of your head, because we're not really good about doing this inside our own brains. Cause what we say in our own heads is by net definition, less structured and less concrete than when we use spoken and written language outside mm. of our heads. So true. Right. So what you need to do there is say to yourself, okay, what is a positive conversation that's consistent with productivity here? And it usually starts with, I can do one thing, right? I can take this box of receipts and ask my bookkeeper to help me do it. I can take the output output from my accounting software and see where the holes are, right? So give yourself one very easy- Small, easy step. Small, easy step. And it might be, I can- Open the accounting software. Software, yeah. Right? Find my password and get in. Yeah. Yes. Right. So very, very easy. Super small steps. Right. So once you you tame the dragon, you calm that inner fear discussion with that super small step. Then you want to think about engineering your containment system. Right. Mm, and this is love that. that. Yeah. Setting up your routines and your environments to support ro- productivity over the long term. So this is that conversation that you were saying Rick before about does that mean for taxes on, you know, March 1st I should have a note to myself that says do this piece of the taxes and then March 15th do this piece of the taxes. And yeah, that's it's talking about setting up the routines that support productivity. So in this case we're actually talking about something that is a weekly monthly routine. Right. So how are your receipts and your income processed regularly so that when it gets to taxes, it's not a crisis so that you're not in reactive panic mode. Right. So what is that routine? And here's the thing. It's sometimes it's easier to think about the routine than do the routine. Right. But we have to first start with setting up and automating the routine. Right. So it might be one Friday a month, I sit down with my bookkeeper and we go through the stuff. Right. And then we set up the routine from there, how weekly I send that person the details that they need so that when we meet, I'm just reviewing, does it look right? Is there anything we missed? And answering questions. Right. But it starts with setting up that routine that allows you to not get overwhelmed and just take small steps. Yeah, because part of it is we get so behind, then it it becomes even more overwhelmed and the dragon seems even bigger. Uh, Yes, and it feels like it's going to burn down the whole village, right? Yeah, I love that. So here's the rub. Entrepreneurs are often people that don't like routines, (laughs) okay? (laughs) Routines and rhythms. And this is where setting up 
those routines and rhythms and getting the right ones in your life and in your business means that you're going to be able to know the most important stuff is just handled and you're not going to lie awake at night going, holy moly, how is that fill in the blank, huge thing going to get done? Because you're going to put in these routines that work in a way that work for your life, your brain, your business, and allow you to know the most important stuff is handled. So once you set up, you know, routines that work for you, then the next thing is you want to also make sure you're setting up your environment to support success. So we know your physical environment predicts about 80% of what you're going to do. Mm. Okay. So I'm talking to you right now because I have locked the door, right? I have opened up uh, opened up the podcast software. We have made an agreement about when we're going to meet and what we're going to talk about. And that is setting up my physical environment for success, right? Now, you also want to make sure that you're shutting down interruptions and distractions. Right? Yeah. So that means turning off things that are going to be per buzz at you when you want to be focused. It also means making sure that your team knows when you're having deep focus time and not interrupt you and knows when they can get you. Because here's the thing I hear from entrepreneurs all the time. My, you know, when we start to look at what really interrupts them, what really are their distractions during the day? Often they'll say it's my phone, it's email. Well, your phone is a proxy for something, right? It's not your phone. Are they client calls? Are they team calls? Are they family calls? What is it? Who is reaching out to you and communicating? So you need to set up a communication plan there. With with other people in your environment? Yes, with okay. other people in your environment so that they know. And you need to be able to say there's times when I'm just doing work and you don't have access to me. Now, that doesn't mean that people aren't going to have access to you during the day. You're just really clear about when the best times are. And you set that up ahead of time. And here's times when you can interrupt me. Here's times when you can't. It's going to mean you're more productive and your team's more productive. I actually worked with an entrepreneur who was an interior designer. And um, as we did work together... She said to me, because I often will start with your routine, like when are you working and when are you not working, right? And what she said to me was like, oh my gosh, I think I'm working nine to five. But when I actually tracked it, sometimes I start at 10.15. Sometimes I start at 9.15. Sometimes I'm going till six. So I'm not really working when I think I'm working, right? So that was really, really important. And then when she started to think about what was interrupting her during her week, She would uh, have to sequence multiple different projects with lots of different team members. And when she started to notice what the interruptions were, it was that she was working with the same people on different projects, and they were calling her several times during the day about all of these different projects. So it was wasting her so much time during her day and the week. And then when she really got clear about what the the distraction was and the time wasters and the time robbers were, she scheduled one meeting with all of the contractors that she was working with on projects during the week. So they all got all their questions answered 
And you know what? She saved herself so much time. She didn't need to hire an assistant, Hmm. right? So not only did she put in focus time into her week, but she saved a lot of money on the bottom end, bottom line, because she felt like she was so organized. She didn't need somebody else to do run around and, you know, help her with different things. She was Hmm. able to do it herself. Right. So let, let me ask you this, Sarah. So uh, we're on the two biggies that I think we wanted to touch uh, procrastination and distractions, but, and you've alluded to it, but talk more about uh, what you recommend to prioritize because so many entrepreneurs and busy people, uh, highly productive people or, or successful people have too many things to do. So yes. do you have a, a way or method or practice or tools to help people prioritize? Yeah. Um, I love this question because when we talk about prioritizing, first of all, you have to talk about why do you care about it and what are you actually prioritizing, right? There's lots of things to prioritize. I can prioritize fire drills, right? I can prioritize having to put out fires in my business, or I can prioritize reaching my long-term meaningful goals, right? You get the difference there? It's the difference between being in reactive panic mode every day or knowing that you're really moving forward on the most important things and you're asking yourself when that fire drill comes in the door, is this really important or does it just feel like a fire and it's not really a fire, right? So one of the most important things is to get really clear on your long-term meaningful goals. And I know this is not a new conversation, right? I don't know any entrepreneurial mentor or business mentor that doesn't say, know where you're going, right? Get clear. But here's the thing. What happens is we have goals. We want to build a business that's going to bring in X number of revenue, this amount of profit, pay us this, right? Yeah. And then we do it and then we don't ever look at it again. Or we look at it every six months. Yeah. Right? So here's the thing. If you really want to prioritize building the business that's going to be profitable, you have to ask yourself, what are those those core components? What are those goals that I need to meet during the year that are going to allow me to build that business? I was once in an entrepreneurial training and it was it, the content was about time management. And at the end of the training, the world-renowned trainer on the stage said, okay. So write down your to-do list. And she gave people 10 minutes to write down the to-do list. And then she said, now I want you to look at your goals. Half the audience started to giggle and the other half of the audience was perplexed. And this is exactly what divided them. The audience, Part of the audience that started to giggle realized that all the things they wrote down on their to-do list did not actually target their long-term goals. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Right? That it was like, right? It was bright, shiny objects that seemed like fun and entertainment, but didn't actually hit their business bottom line. The other half of the audience, right? The other half of the audience was like, why are they even, why are they confused? Because they were doing that already. (laughs) And I I feel like there's a lot of entrepreneurs that, you know, I want to, I want to do a podcast. I need a better website. I need to be doing, I need to be doing a blog. Right. So the question is, why do you need to be doing those things? Why is it going to impact your business bottom line? If you're not asking that question, then you're not working on long-term meaningful goals in your business. Point. Right. Really good point. Yeah. I know a lot of entrepreneurs that don't have a sales and marketing plan, but they spent ton on their software, a ton on their website, ton on the product or service, 
and don't have any budget or time left for a sales and marketing plan. Like for anything okay, well, else. But we were busy. I was super busy. <laughs> so yeah, right, the right. idea of really focusing on the things that are most important, but maybe not urgent. Exactly. So, and I call those meaningful and important goals. And here's the thing. When you put together your goals, you have to think about the whole life. You can't just put together your business goals and say, I'm going to focus on that because you will create the life that you don't want. You will also create the business that you don't want. Your business has a function in your life. You need to ask yourself, what is that function? Is it passion? Is it revenue generation? Is it both? Is it none of those things? You need to get really clear because whatever the purpose is, your goals need to be set up to meet that purpose. And then you need to continually assess them. Mm. So weekly, monthly, what do you recommend? So this is actually something that that starts out. Well, and I want to get back to the prioritizing. Okay. Sure. We've talked about goals here, but we haven't talked about like, how do you actually use them? This is how you use them. You have them in your face, in a place that you look at them daily, a minimum weekly when you're doing your planning. And when all of those things show up in your email or on your text or in your instant messaging, wherever they come up that are tasks, you say, which of these things are actually related to my long-term meaningful goals? If they are not related to your long-term meaningful goals, you're going to say no. You're maybe even not going to respond. Okay? You're going to press the delete button. (sighs) Then I know, oh my God, not that. But I didn't respond to absolutely everybody. No, if you respond, you can either run a business or you can respond to absolutely everybody. Right. What's your goal? (laughs) Yeah, right. So do you want to make money? Do you want to make, and specifically profit? Because revenue is, is a, is all yep. about ego. It's not necessarily about how much money you're making. Yeah. Ask yourself about profit. And then also, what's the full life that you want? Do you want to be able to spend time with your family and friends? Do you want to be able to have time for your passion outside of work? What does that really look like? And then how do you build your day to support that? And it starts with matching your minutes with your long-term meaningful goals and getting really super clear about what your job is not what other people's job is, what your job is as the business leader, as the entrepreneur, as the key widget person, whatever your job is, and then what it's not and who's going to do those other things and how does that work in the whole business model, right? So the thing that I work with people most on is, is this your job? If not, How do you systematize it or delegate it, right? Because that's what's going to move your your business forward most and allow you to have the whole life that you want. Most people don't say, I want to be an entrepreneur, build my own business and work 24-7 and burn myself out. But that's what happens if you don't go in strategically. So the, the answer to the question of, is this a daily, weekly, monthly, annual thing? Yes. And the hard part here, Rick, is... Developing the habits during the day, during the week that set you up for success in terms of noticing what your goals are and setting up the structure in your day and your week so that the most meaningful and important things get done and you're saying no to the other stuff 
or delegating it. Really good. That's the really hard part. And that's where all the distraction comes in, right? It's yeah. really easy to get distracted. Yeah, well said. So many great concepts in here, Sarah. Thank you so much for unpacking. If people want to hear more from you, which I hope they do, where do they find you? And, and uh, do you have other like resources or videos they can see? Or tell us a little bit more about your biz and where they can find you. Absolutely. So you can find me online at truefocuscoaching.com. That's T-R-U-E focus, F-O-C-U-S coaching.com. And um, you'll see I have a whole range of um, programs there. There is a resources page that has a bunch of um, information, free videos, blog posts. Um, and if you want to talk to me directly about if and how I might be able to help you manage your time and tasks in a way that works better for you and allows you to get to the next level in your life and your business, you can go to truefocuscoaching.com forward slash apply forward slash. There's a quick little application um, that you can fill out that will give me some information and because you listen to Rick's podcast here, I'll prioritize that application and set up some time to talk with you. If you're ready to make changes, super, super important, right? Yeah. You got to be ready to make changes because we're going to get some important stuff done on that call. And I'm going to help you figure out the next best moves. Wow, that is so awesome. So if you want some help with time management, procrastination, distractions, and I would even say, being overwhelmed with how much you have to do so that you can really enjoy this entrepreneurial life, please give Sarah a call or find her on her website, truefocuscoaching.com. Sarah, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. It's been thank a you. pleasure. <laughs>